All right, so today we're going to be talking about Major League Soccer. That is the American League that we have here. First, we're going to be talking about uh, the MLS's back tournament. That started started at the beginning of July, and that was their they start they had the bubble down in Florida, um, and that's kind of how they restarted after COVID since it interrupted their season. Um, Mike, did you want to talk a little bit about the the format and like the weird stuff with the group stage games? Yeah, so originally MLS planned on having all 26 of their teams in the tournament. However, two had to back out due to COVID-related reasons, and I'm pretty sure that's it. So they ended up having 24, which was good, because then they could have six groups of four. The groups were originally pretty uneven. One of them had like six teams in it. The rest of them had four. didn't really make much sense to me, but, you know, it's the MLS, so not much does. But basically how their format worked was they each they, so they had six groups four teams each and obviously every team would play each other the group stage games counted as regular season games that way they wouldn't have to have many more regular season games uh once the MLS back this tournament is over so they played the group stage games went into a 16 team knockout uh round played all the way up to the final where we had orlando and portland our um our hometown team minnesota united they made it. They made it up to the semifinals against Orlando. Well, what did you guys think about uh, about their run in the tournament? How do you guys think they looked post restart? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the first game I watched of them was, I believe, the second game of. I don't know. It was the very first one, and they looked quite lackluster in the first half. But I was as soon as I tuned in, they kind of had this spark, and I believe they scored like a ninety fourth minute winner to win two one. I cannot remember who it was against, but I think after that game, I kind of personally saw a little bit of fire ignited in that team. I mean, obviously, it was kind of a different season for us as a whole. Losing Manone and then also Opara was not playing for personal reasons in the tournament. I think it was really cool to just kind of watch the team that we've all grown up watching kind of as our like professional soccer team locally go on that run and kind of show that confidence without one of their star players in the team and kind of put on that run. I just thought it was awesome. And they looked really good the whole tournament up until the unfortunate loss three to one to Orlando. It was a very good side. So it was super fun to watch. And I don't think I could be happier unless they won it, obviously, but super excited for what's to come for this team. Well, yeah, no, I mean, they went in the tournament undefeated. They were, went, two wins and one tie in the first three games of the season before the pandemic had to put it on a break. So they went in the tournament going undefeated, stayed undefeated all the way through the semifinal, which was pretty impressive considering they were missing their two best players for most of their games. Opara obviously wasn't even there, but then Molino only played the first game and then did not play another game due to injury. He was on the bench and available, but not having your first or top two players making the semifinals, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it is really impressive. And, you know, I'm it, it was a tough way to go out against Orlando, a team that we've never lost to before. But I, I think it does speak a lot to uh, Minnesota United. And I have been a pretty sh- strong critic of Adrian Heath in the past. But for him to be able to get the team to the semifinals, um, uh, especially without M- Molino and Opara, I mean, that's huge. That's your number one attacker and your number one defender. So, Didn't Opar win uh, Defensive Player of the Year, too? Yep, yep, he was yeah. Defensive Player of the Year, I believe it was last season. Yeah, and in 2017. That's a huge loss for any team, though. Because I'm, I'm, 
I'm not. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not huge into the MLS. It's not my favorite thing to watch, but I'll watch it if it's on. And I've seen how they play with Opara, and I've seen how they've played without it, and it's it looks like two different teams defensively. Well, if you if you were to watch, it's, it's having the confidence in one of those yeah. players in the back. The leadership quality too is yeah. obviously there with Opara compared to when they don't have them in. Goal scoring yeah. too. I yeah. think this is gonna be a bold comparison, but like we talked about again with um liverpool how we were talking about best players of the season i think the kind of spirit that jordan henderson brings to that liverpool side is very similar to what opara does for this united side just kind of the absolutely. confidence and leadership from the back i think it's mm-hmm. very very similar yeah yeah absolutely i think that's a fair comparison um but what, sorry i don't mean to interrupt one thing i noticed about um Minnesota United. I didn't watch all the games. I, I watched the semifinal, though, against Orlando, and I don't know if maybe it's just how they play or that's how Adrian Heath, the game plan was or whatever. It seems like the only way they wanted to play that game was crossing the ball in. They didn't want to play it up the middle. They didn't want to, you know, play it up the sides and then bring it, you know, pass back and then through the middle again or anything like that. It only seemed like they wanted to cross the ball in. And if you're a team, you know, there is no team in the world that only plays crossing the ball in, and that's the only way. No, going. and that and that's that's the issue with Adrian Heath. That is his play style: is get it to the fast guys on the wing and cross into the middle. And the issue is, is that it works more than fifty percent of the time. So when it works, it's crazy, we can do decent in the, with the way MLS is set up. We could probably get mm-hmm. to the playoffs just playing the kick and run soccer. Yeah, but it it's not. It's not a good style of soccer to play it's not a style of soccer that'll get you trophies it's not a style of soccer that will attract a new talent no it won't get you the win when you need the win yeah no for sure you're if if it's not going to get you the win you already lost in the first half absolutely and i i like i said i watched the the semifinal and it seemed like they have a lot of players that are so skillful on the ball that are able to open up space for them so mm-hmm. it does you look at guys i mean you didn't see molino but his no. vision in the midfield is wonderful but you even look at guys that are a little bit further back like alonzo the vision he has and the quality of the passes that he is able to make it blows my mind that they just try to kick it out wide and run it down the field oh yeah even without molino they're strong in the middle but they just they can't seem to make the plays to the middle if they don't mm-hmm. have Molino on i wonder i wonder if that's a consequence of having um Quintero in the middle and just fucking everything up every time he got the goddamn ball. I wonder if that's a consequence of it. Definitely could be. But moving on, moving on to the final. Um, Portland won. Uh, I don't know. I I didn't see any surprises there. What what did you guys think about the final? Yeah, from what I know from the MLS, Portland's always really good. Um, and one thing I noticed too that's completely different. Like I said. The style of play. You don't see a team that's winning a title like that only crossing the ball in. And I think, I, I don't know. I feel like a majority of the team should know, at least the coach should know, you can't win games only by doing that. So it just, I, I don't know. From what I know, Portland's always a really good team and they always seem really good defensively. And from what I saw in that game, they seemed to really uh, played really well off of set pieces. I'd say a lot of Orlando's success came partially due to home field advantage. I mean, they're playing in conditions that they play in every single year, and they have been. 
So, I mean, that could definitely be part of it. They did play really well, but when you face a team like Portland, who has so much experience in final and championship games like that, it's it's going to be Portland every time. Yeah. Experience adds up. Yep. Yeah, I think especially growing up, kind of, I mean, not being like the biggest MLS fan, but especially growing up throughout high school with Thomas and them, we did go to quite a handful of Minnesota United games once they got on the MLS. And I think seeing kind of every time Portland would come to Minnesota, they're always very well organized, and we would always get frustrated watching MN United play them even when we weren't the best. I think the, the, that, the team they are is just for the MLS. They're well organized. And like Michael said, they're experienced. They've won championships before. And I think they had that experience over Orlando and really showed. Yeah, they, they really do time. show glimpses of what American soccer could be and what the MLS honestly could be in yeah. its current state. Absolutely. But, I think um, they're one of those teams, too, where if you're going to try to compare the MLS to any other league, that's the closest team I feel like you can get to how soccer should be played in the the United States. I think if I'm correct, Thomas and I, I think we can both attest this. Every time we play um, the Timbers, we always talk about how much we hate Valeri. I don't know what it is. I mean, he just, there's something about me as a presence. He always seems to get the opposition riled up. He's a quality player, and it's just something about him is annoying. And I think just that whole team's kind of attitude, they all have that ability to kind of mentally, they're a little, they're more mentally tough compared to what the rest of the MOS is right now. Again, I just think that experience shows, and I think Valeri's an example of that for that team. Um, Let me ask you this. Do you think if... Uh, Carlos Vega is playing yeah. that LA goes farther. Or were they even in it? Yeah, I don't, they were in it, weren't they? Yeah, they were they in it. So, do you think if Carlos Carlos Vega is there, do they make yeah. it farther? Did they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if they're, yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but Chicharito was in it for LA and they didn't do anything. Yeah, but I think well, they were the favorites yeah. too. Galaxy. Yeah. Do it, they were like, oh, Chicharito's going to do so good. But yeah. Look, Face of the MLS. Yeah. Face of the MLS. No, yeah, I do think LA do better. I mean, possibly. I mean, it went to penalties. You got to think with Carlos Vale, who's been one of the MLS's best players in the past couple seasons. Is Orlando going to be able to stop him when they went to penalties with a team without him? So I think if you add Carlos Vale into the mix, that it's a little bit different and maybe. Yeah, I definitely think that changes the Orlando. He's very but, direct, and I don't, I don't think it. Yeah, it could it definitely could have given them the edge over yeah. Orlando. Orlando, no doubt. Well, I mean, if we're gonna go that route, Jose Martinez too, torn ACL out for the the whole season. Did he? Yeah, Atlanta had a shitter. Yeah, they for how good the, they've been yeah, the last two stage. years, right? I just I know how good Jose Martinez is too, because he broke the record. Was it last season or two seasons ago when they still had Elmer on? Um, for the most goals scored in MLS season, yeah, it's like thirty three or something, thirty four, and then Vea broke it. Something crazy like that, yeah, Yeah. something like that. Yeah, so that's a big loss for a team like Atlanta too. Mm Hmm. But moving, moving from the tournament and moving on to 
the main bulk of this episode. Kind of just highlighting the differences between MLS and the European leagues and what makes the MLS unique, especially it being an American soccer league. Uh, there's a lot of differences right off the bat. I know, Sam, I don't know how much you know. I know, Nick, you might not know as much. Um, but just just with the way that the MLS is set up, uh, the scheduling and all that is totally different. Um, the seasons, for example, over in Europe, it's a point system. If you win, uh, you get three points. If you tie, you get a point. If you lose, you get zero. Uh, whoever has the most points at the end of the season, they'll have or they'll win. But in MLS, they have the point system, but the top six teams in both conferences, they have two different conferences instead of everyone playing each other, two different conferences, and the top team, top six from each conference go into a playoff and play yeah. for the MLS Cup. Well, I mean, what, what do you guys think about that? What do you guys think about that in terms of it being in soccer? Do you think that's helping MLS? Do you think that's hurting the MLS in terms of popularity in america do you think I it's a good think idea it's the best way to increase competition when you don't have a promotion relegation system in place mm-hmm. but that being said i think what yeah. that does is kind of takes away the options of like we were talking like we talked about in the soccer 101 episode the domestic cups that other leagues have there'd be literally no point for the mls to put in mm-hmm. a secondary league competition where everyone does play everyone because of the system that they run in. So if they were to go to a full mm-hmm. table with all 26 teams and run it like the Premier League, La Liga, every other top five league, and then have a MLS Cup, as they call the playoffs now, as a um, mm-hmm. as a domestic cup, it would add more trophies to it and just kind of yeah, well, so the MLS actually does have US a domestic Open. cup. They have the U.S. Open, and that is the teams from um, MLS lower, and the any other lower team, Oh, the what, USL, is, what is the second division? Uh, the NASL. It's really any USL. USL. The oh, NASL is disbanded. They well, went the bankrupt. Internet. They're no longer a thing. Mm-hmm. They weren't. They were not granted Division Three. Uh, their Division Three status as a league, so they are no longer part of. The American or the United it's States so Soccer Federation. Is there any reason why that happened? Um, yeah. they didn't have enough teams. I think that's what it was. They didn't have enough okay. teams. Teams were jumping ship from NASL to uh, either the MLS or USL. to the uh, what? What? What is it? The yeah, American United Soccer League, League? ASL. Um, USL. the USL. United USL. Yeah, United Soccer League. That's what fun fact. The U.S. Open Cup. So the U.S. Domestic Cup got canceled for the first time since 1914 when it first started. So wow. even through all their wars and everything, it still went on. Holy. Except for now. Pandemic canceled it for the first time. Wow. Ever. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. I thought that was kind of crazy because I didn't even realize that, like, American soccer was that far back. Like, organized Yeah, I thought you were talking like golf. That. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that far back either. I'm talking, well, like, the U.S. Open soccer yeah. tournament. What's crazy, crazy. What's crazy, too, is how is it that old, but it's still not as popular as it is everywhere in the outside? I, uh, because yeah, it's I think old, that's because be so every single time soccer's tried to be incorpor- – or tried to have been incorporated into America, it's been run solely as a business. Uh, like you yeah. need to run a league as a business, 
but it is solely as a business. They need to they need to be able to take those those financial cuts that'll help the sport long term. Yeah, such as a relegation promotion system. But they won't yeah. do that because they don't exactly. want to split, you know, TV money and ad money with other leagues. It's so dumb. Yeah, I think the thing is, especially, I was talking to my dad about this because he was like obviously curious about the podcast, and he did. He knows pretty much nothing about the MLS. But then, when you look at it without promotion relegation, like I feel like part of the reason they don't want to do it, if the Premier League was run that way there would be no teams in second divisions. You look at where some of these teams are, like my hometown, for instance, Hull. You guys wouldn't know what Hull is if it wasn't what? for me. Like that, there's teams. They were in the Premier League. was in the Premier League. Hull was in the Premier League. Yeah, I don't go that far. I don't go yeah, that I know, far, but okay. Anyway. But, like, but for, I understand what you're saying because, yeah, there not, aren't hometown okay. teams. And anyway, the reason but for that there's teams all is over because the place. you, with every single league that's ever been in yeah. America, you have to buy into it. You can't start, you can't start me. the amateur leagues and go up. Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. It needs to be, I think, promotion relegation is what's holding the MLS back. And it just shows each year. I mean, like, you, you look at it like, you could whatever team wins the USL doesn't get to go to the MLS. No, dude, yeah, they just win enough times until they get the money to buy into the MLS. That's exactly what Nashville did. They dominated in the USL for years, and then now they bought into the MLS. And the USL just lost one of their uh, star franchises. Yeah, like we look at it, and it just really just takes money away from the USL, and that's why I think youth soccer even is just not the best here, like, they, if there is a promotion relegation system, it wouldn't just benefit the professional leagues. It would also show in youth soccer because more clubs would be entitled to have actual. It would be more teams that aren't just a youth soccer club. They would have a team in the fourth, fifth division of U.S. soccer, and they would want to invest into the youth. Absolutely, and, and you would you would reap the benefits whole, of that at the international the level too. Thing. Like I was, because soccer in America, youth soccer is yeah. so pay to play yeah. right now that you can't. I mean, like, look at all like, the talent that's here. It's mm-hmm. so the, ta- the talent picks other sports too. because soccer. That's too the expensive. other. Yeah, I know. I mean, for us, it's like wasn't yeah. it? At least if I remember, it's like twenty five hundred bucks for some people, which yeah, is a lot you, of money. You look at all of us played club soccer. I mean, together for a little bit, and then. Thomas left, but just being playing club soccer, I think at the lowest level, you're paying minimum $1,500. And that's if you go to one tournament. And I know Michael played every level. I played every level besides Premier as well. And you just kind of look at it and it's ridiculous that you're paying $2,500 a year to go to three tournaments that have no, not that I was good enough or any of us would have gone pro or anything, but there's no scouts. There's no anything to really be good enough. You have to pay the money to get into a youth academy or get lucky and be noticed. There's just the youth system paying $2,500 a year just doesn't open windows for kids. And that's why I think the U.S. just the whole thing, it all links together from the MLS being too much of a business and not looking for the future of the sport, just kind of looking to make money now. And it, it just shows. Yeah, no. The main difference between the MLS and the European leagues is 
like you said, MLS in America is a business. Uh, soccer in Europe, it's culture. Yeah. It's built into it. And it's so deeply engraved that, like, like I said in another episode, like, there are 11 recognized uh, English different, like, levels, tiers of soccer, 11 different leagues that are just recognized professionally by that day. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, I think one thing, I mean, I don't know how many people are familiar with it, but I'm assuming. Thomas, Mike, and Nick will know about it. Um, Hashtag United, started by a FIFA YouTuber, is in the 8th division of um, the English League and should be in the 7th if it wasn't for the COVID situation. The FA blocked um, from League 3 down. They don't go up or down. But if you look at that, the fact that a YouTuber can start a football club and that club can move from the 8th division all the way up to the Premier League if it needs if it's a cable to is ridiculous. But if you're to make a semi professional soccer team here, you are stuck unless you have billion millions, maybe even billions of dollars to get yourself up there. So I think things need to change a little bit in terms of Absolutely how mm-hmm. I think uh one thing it's not going a, a little off track, but it still kinda has to, it ties together. If you look at all of the Best American players, and I'm just going to name two, Clint Dempsey and Alexi Lalas. I know some of us here aren't the biggest fans of Alexi Lalas. Very questionable decision. Yeah. Very questionable. But, but continue. But th- a lot of those players got good <laughs> because they left American soccer to go play elsewhere. Clint Dempsey, for sure. He played for Tottenham, and uh, I'm missing somebody. Yeah. Fulham, thank you. Arguably best player, best U.S. player of all time. You have now young players, as in Christian Pulisic, uh, Gino Reyna, whatever, Gio Reyna, um, who plays for Dortmund now. Tyler Adams scoring one of the biggest goals for an American in Champions League history. Uh, There's the 19-year-old for Barcelona. Forget, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Weston McKinney. Yeah, but he's 19 and he's supposed to. He's supposed to make it into the first team. I cannot remember it, but then there's Weston McKinney. Yep, Weston McKinney. Weston McKinney. Yeah. Weston McKinney has started, I believe, almost ninety percent of Schalke's goals. Mm-mm. And yeah, Schalke's not winning the Bundesliga, but he, I, he might even be captain. I'm not. Alfonso sure, Davies, even though he's not American, um, he played and in the MLS and he moved. And and I think he, he's now the best left back in the world. My point being, be if you want to be something pro however wherever it may be i think you need to leave american soccer and go play in europe because of just how different and competitive it is compared to here you know yeah i agree i don't think there's any way about it to kind of deny it i mean the mls is great it's fun to watch but to really get it to be something productive for u.s soccer as a whole things need to change and we need to take lessons and notes from the top five leagues and what they do, being able to move up and down freely if you're good enough, not because you have the money. Okay. Well, you see uh, MLS teams like really investing in like their academy programs now. I mean, they're going to be finding more and more good players every year. MLS teams are like Alfonso Mm -hmm. Davies and Vancouver Whitecaps, but all those players are just going to end up leaving to go to Europe when they turn 20. 
until MLS makes this change. For sure. It's not yep. as competitive. Yep. And they're going to be able to find them. No, not there's nothing I mean, keeping players in the MLS saying, if I win this, this can put my name as one of the greatest of all time. Whereas if you go to Europe, you got Champions League, you got whatever, you know, uh, cups you have in that in your country that you're playing in and that's how you get known and that's how you become you know a club legend or just a legend of the game yeah and even like obviously that's like the pinnacle of what you want to be when you play soccer you want to go to europe you want to win champions league win domestic trophies but even at the smaller level you look at that people from england france germany they can go to a second division dutch side and then mm-hmm. if they win promotion, they're already in the top division of their country. But you could go to a second-tier USL yeah. team. You could win the title for eight years in a row and still not got moved up into the MLS. They have 20, They have 26 teams already. They're not just going to keep taking teams from the USL. They have to change something. So at what point do you guys think someone steps in and says, this is what we need to do to revolutionize? It's going to be a time thing. I, I honestly think it'll I mean, be a time thing, too. I think it's going to take... Yeah, I think it's gonna be a time thing. There's nothing that they can really do right away. I mean, they can definitely invest money into it. Well, I mean, right away they could just start talking with the USL and say, "Hey, we we should team up." Yeah, but they won't do that unless it's the league on the line. Yeah, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. not that hard. And the thing is, unfortunately, the way American sports are run, the MLS really is not on the line. They're making money. They're like, in terms from a business perspective, they're doing fine. So I think, unfortunately, it's going to take something drastic to go wrong for that change to come. And when it does, I think they're going to realize, holy, like, holy shit, we've been doing this so wrong the whole time. Why didn't we do this 10 years ago? Yeah. Right. Another thing that's weird or kind of shitty about the MLS is um, with their transfers, the teams don't actually own any other players. It, yeah, the MLS, the league, owns all of the players and owns all of the rights. The MLS can pretty much step in at any single point and dictate what's going to happen with the transfer. And if it doesn't happen that way, they'll dissolve it. Which that, is crazy. So yeah, you go. I was just gonna say, you know, from someone who I I don't really watch MLS. You know, I watch it with you guys when we're watching Minnesota United or if we go to a game and stuff, and just. Being someone who I feel like I'm a little bit on the outside of the MLS as a whole and looking in, it's kind of it's kind of a fucking joke if you ask me compared to what I'm you know, what I normally watch. Like No, it is. I feel like it's just such a big step down that it's like it's almost, you know, unappealing to watch, which is kind of why I don't I don't watch it. Like it's such it's such a joke to me compared to the quality that I'm used to watching. The issue is is the MLS is Quite honestly, the MLS or an American soccer league is the only way that soccer will take off in America and that it'll be one of the top, you know, or the biggest sport in America, whatever. But with the way that the MLS is set up now, you're right. It is. It's a total joke. There's you have 26 teams. Like, obviously, this it's yeah. an investment. You've had six expansion it's teams crazy. in the last three years. Clearly, this is an investment that people are banking uh-huh. on making a lot of money, and that's why there's all yeah, these teams. For sure. And it just, I don't know, it just doesn't seem to make sense to me because then at that point, it's like, are you even really about making the MLS popular? Or is it, 
strictly about money. You, I mean, with with its, I don't know, with its. But you see what I mean, like being being known, yeah, being known as a retirement league to everyone outside yeah. of America. You could argue that you know it is just the money. They're attracting these big names who are at the end of yeah. their careers and are willing to go to America so mm-hmm. that they can sell Zlatan, more tickets. Rooney, Lampard, Gerard, just to yeah, name a few. I mean, yeah, I think also like one thing that you have to look at is. I know we were saying like the teams that do move up in the MLS they have to pay big bucks, but you don't. When you look at the MLS, all of the teams are in big cities. You don't see like you're not going to see a a team in Albany, New York. They're all big cities where obviously there's no team besides that team, so they just move them up, and it's just a monopoly on the market of soccer in that area. And there's no team in Wisconsin that's an MLS team. There's no team in South Dakota, North Dakota, Iowa. So if people want to watch pro soccer, they have to go to Minneapolis. Just for an instance. And that's how you you... at Nashville, you look at every, it's ridiculous. Every single one of those towns and every single one of those states has youth soccer. And in most of them, they have amateur soccer, like men's leagues and even women's leagues already in place. And they have the organizations. We, they literally just need to come up with whether they do it. I don't know. With one body that governments, like the USSF, just takes over everything, and it's just one big body, or they all merge into something new. I think that's the way to make soccer work in America is to build upon the youth system that you have and keep that going up into the higher leagues and the Mm -hmm. higher divisions. And it doesn't matter where you place people because in ten years it'll all balance itself out. And going off of that too, a lot of the a lot of these ways that you can get new fans and new people interested is you know making an actual team in one of those one of those smaller smaller cities you know and having fans come up like sam was saying he's from hole and having hole i mean yeah we know them in the in the prem but you have people from that city that are actually invested in it whereas you only have it in the bigger cities here in the, the, the united states and even, and even think about um, people invested in the sport yeah. through their kids. Like if my town, like if the town I live in, you know, is got got a youth soccer club that's tied to a professional team, and my kids playing in there, I'm probably gonna start Absolutely. rooting for that team. Yeah, and it's just I don't know. There's a lot missing, and I think, like we've said, I think the the next step really needs to be making it one fluid thing like we said england has eight leagues yep that can take you from there to the premier league and they don't even need eight. So even if it's two that's a start you know i think eventually you'd want to go all the way down but yeah, even just two just, start, three, just think of with the usl that's a start right there yeah just more teams that Absolutely. are to professional soccer leagues to make it more readily available you will get better players more publicity in the long term Money is a byproduct of a good soccer league. The Premier League makes billions off sponsorships, tickets. The Premier League makes profit off of any team doing good. Like it's just it's a byproduct. And I don't and I think unfortunately the first thing that the MLS looked for was we want Yeah, they they need to focus on the product. Well, and that's good too for if they do those things, that's good for the US men's national team because you have a men's national team 
who yeah. currently have they they have some potential. They really do. So, but you're so, not gonna get a majority of that stuff from the MLS. It's all the majority of the players are players that are already in Europe. So then realistically, where do where do you guys think the MLS goes from here? You know, they have twenty six teams, they have no plans on doing any promotion relegation. Do you think they're gonna keep expanding? Do you think eventually the two conferences will split off into two leagues? Or I mean, how do how do you think it'll work? So here's the thing with the USL. There's 115 teams, and those 115 teams are divided into three leagues. There's the USL Championship, which is the obviously like the first uh, league under MLS, and then there's the League One and Two. So you already have these teams in place, really. I mean, and really, it's just that first USL league that you need to. MLS mm-hmm. needs to find a way to guarantee these teams like the same money that they were making now, but give them the opportunity to win their league and get a huge pay increase, have, I mean, be able to create a whole new team. And it's that, it goes back to that competition thing. If you tell MLS teams, hey, if you guys are in the bottom four of all the teams, you're going down. Sorry, you're going down. Yeah. You're going to lose money. You're going to lose your players. You yeah, need to compete. Yeah. I think I agree with Michael. I think the first thing they need to do is, like Thomas was saying, the MLS mm-hmm, owns sure. the rights to all the players. I think they need to get rid of that. The contract need to be between club and player. So then loans, transfers, a lot easier. The MLS can't dictate it. And also, I think, like Michael was saying, it needs to become fluid. Yep. There's 115 teams, did you say? That blows my mind. I, I had no idea perfect. that it was a multi-league system. I had no idea it was a multi-league body. I thought it was literally just the one league with, like, you know, ever 15 since teams. Uh, NASL went down. Yeah. USL restructured. So the USL must have absorbed uh, yeah, NASL. Yeah, they, they did. Yeah, I mean, because there's a, there's a team, there's a team in every that's, city. That's literally four business meetings. That is four business meetings, and soccer will challenge for one of the top three most popular sports in America. Absolutely, it's like just with that, like you could uh, merge those those three leagues, so it's fluid. Four divisions of soccer, right there. You go from one to four, and obviously. There's money everywhere. There's def- the, U- the MLS is definitely something to be invested in if they take the right steps. Players need to be signed directly to clubs. They need to merge promotion relegation, and they need to get rid of the playoffs, I think. I think, I think if you add promotion and relegation, you could keep the playoffs, if I'm honest. Honestly, I think, yeah, you could. I think if I you do the could. playoffs, if you keep the playoffs, you do it how the Premier League does it, where it's the second mm-hmm. division that does a playoff to get in. Yeah. Yep, I, I think yeah, one two gets guaranteed. I think Third, so too. Fourth, fifth, sixth. Play I think for it. It uh-huh. makes. I think it makes it so much more exciting and adds more trophies. And and it is is if it's America, it has playoffs. That's that was yeah. that's my thing behind it. But I think you're right because you can't argue the playoffs does make it a lot less competitive, especially towards mid table because once you're in, nothing left to play for in the season, so the top teams yep. aren't coming. And if you don't make it. There's no consequence. You just didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no. There's yeah, no consequence. Down. So I, I don't. I don't know if a if a playoff system is the best system, but I think that you can keep that in as long as you have that promotion mm-hmm. and relegation system. Sure. I think that's so much more imperative. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. Yeah. Than 
than that's anything gotta be else. Priority and one, one of the important think, things is they need to stop adding teams because what's going to. I was just about to say that. Add a promotion relegation team when you just accepted millions of dollars from a team to let them play in the MLS. Like that's you can't. Yeah, and then they go down their first season. Yeah, like and then they could go down. Teams usually it's a would, shit ton of yeah, loss and money. Which is the thing. Revenue. You add all these teams, and unless someone dumps a ton of money into it, like Atlanta United, for example. Mm-hmm. They're gonna finish last or close to the bottom For of the sure. table right away, and I mean For it's sure. like that with new teams in a lot of places. But you can't be adding teams if you want to add a promotion relegation anytime soon. Absolutely, and it it's so frustrating too because I know, like I said, I'm not big into the MLS, but looking on the outside, if I had a team where I lived, I would totally follow it. So there, I feel like there's just so much potential there. They're just wasting all of it right now. You follow. Ford Madison? No. Oh, you should. They're the, I didn't even they're, know they well, actually, they're Minnesota, uh, Minnesota United's minor league team affiliate, technically. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. Direct affiliate. Hmm. That's where all their players go to play uh, that they want to develop. Mm-hmm. And a lot of teams have, like, second teams. So, like, in the USL Championship. Yeah, Atlanta United 2. Yeah, like Bayern 2. Uh, FC Barcelona has a B. I don't even know. Everyone like, at, like New York Red Bulls 2, Philadelphia Union 2, Portland Timbers 2. I mean, rebrand these teams as like yeah. Portland something, not 2 instead. And then there you go. Like they can still be affiliated. Dude, See, that, that would be yeah. an issue. The MLS USL. There's a link between the MLS and the USL that's missing. And then all these youth teams, like. St. Paul and Minneapolis, like they have amateur leagues. They have amateur leagues. They just need to connect that those yeah, to uh, the to USL League too. Yeah, I mean, we have like mm-hmm. I know we all know we have a friend named Sean who is a great soccer player, plays in college, and he plays in two men's leagues team, one in Division three or four, Div three and four. Or I think he said four and one in Div one. Yeah, so these team like. He plays for these top, top, but there's all these players are great, but you got players from the ages of 17 all the way to 30 playing in them. And who knows that 30 year old t- 10 years ago could have had a, per- he could have been great for development, but there's nowhere for him to go if they're stuck there. Mm-hmm. And that's You're why stuck. people are going you don't to play exactly. get the development. for a scholar. The only reason to play soccer in America is for a scholarship. Yep. Yep. And which is fucked too. Yeah. It's just kind of, it's sad. Do we think, I mean, obviously with the introduction of a team like Inter-Miami and, the, I mean, the face of that team, David Beckham. One of the greatest players of all time. I, it, yeah. definitely, it definitely helps do with the popularity. Um, For sure. And I do, I do like that some of the expansion teams, they are in soccer cities. Like, Minneapolis is a soccer city. The Minnesota United going up made sense. Atlanta, that makes sense as mm-hmm. a soccer city. Miami, that makes sense as a soccer city. So I do like how these expansions are in predominantly soccer cities. I don't know so much about Cincinnati and Nashville, but yeah, it's it helps. It, it helps. I don't I don't think yeah. it helps enough to justify keep to keep adding teams, but it it does mm-hmm. it does help a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. a yeah. name that is recognizable yeah. uh, between generations. I think yeah, so. let me, let me... in a long term plan, it makes sense right now. Yeah, but. It's going to be a while until we can change anything else. Yeah, for sure. I mean, let me ask you guys this. Do you think that, obviously, like we said, David Beckham being very prominent and upfront that he is in charge of uh, Inter-Miami, do we think that 
having him as the face could be that push, like being a player that he played in France, Spain, England, of course. Do we think that he might be the face or kind of the voice? I'd be like, hey, maybe you guys should do this. Do you think that's a possibility just with the way he's been running into Miami so far? Do you think I mean, that hopefully. would be a direction that it goes? I think it'll be a but yeah. I I don't know I don't I don't know how much first before you can say anything. But yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. I but think that could be a big part of it. Listens. See, that's the problem. You need to have someone who's an owner, the face yeah. of the MLS. I feel like. Yeah, you need an owner. David, like you need like a David Becca. Oh, of the MLS. Yeah, the yeah. David you need Beckham. like I know, a, I know he's an owner of Miami. What? David Beckham. Yeah, no, no, we get that. We're saying like an owner of the whole MLS. Like there needs to be a face or someone who's making these decisions, not just a bunch of, you know, millionaires and billionaires just buying into it. I mean, again, with the Inter-Miami note, do I don't know if you guys have followed any transfers, but Blaze Matuidi has signed for Inter-Miami on a free from Juventus. What do we think? Do you think that is going to help? Or what do we think of that move? I I don't know. I don't know. It kind of reinforces the idea that it's a retirement. It's like league. a yeah, yeah. Um, he's a great player yeah. and all, and he's still good. It's and another I still one think of the, that I, he's got a solid three seasons. Three maybe. I mean, he's in the MLS. Fuck, he could have five good seasons. Yeah, but it's it is really reinforces the idea that for European players, the MLS is a retirement league. Yeah, I mean, we touched on it earlier. Yeah, like we talked about it earlier, Thomas. Yeah. We were saying that's kind of how I think. Like of I looked it, it up, and Matuidi played 39 games this year, so he's played a good chunk of soccer. But they didn't want to re-sign him, and he decides to go to the MLS. He, let's be honest, is probably going to be one of the best players in the MLS, and it just doesn't like. What does that that message sends to other people? Like, it's not really going to send that positive message. Like, hey, people come here to come. Yeah, to. these guys like Slaton and Wayne Rooney are coming, and Matuidi are coming here to retire, and they're absolutely slaughtering. Yeah, I mean, Zlatan slaughtered and not, It's it's yeah. not as competitive as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. They need promotion and relegation. Yeah, you see it in the U.S. Cup all the time. These MLS teams, they play like shit against these other teams. Yeah. I don't know. That that's what we learned tonight. The MLS needs fucking promotion and relegation. I think most important thing. It's, it's the key to soccer in America with MLS the hometown teams, but it needs promotion and relegation. Yep. For its and it needs a face of the MLS too, or at least like an owner of the whole thing. Director, owner, whatever it may be, they need a positive voice yeah. that's going to fight for promotion, relegation, and they just. Someone's going to fight for the MLS to get popularized, mm-hmm. not just for the money that goes yes. with it. Money is a byproduct, and I think they need to read it. Absolutely. Fine. If you guys have any other thoughts on the MLS, make sure to tweet us at the Pundits Podcast on Twitter. Uh, otherwise, we'll be back next week uh, with a new episode. We're going to be having our first guest on the podcast, our good friend Sean. We're going to be talking about the uh, collegiate system in the NCAA in America and what that looks like for, for the college-age soccer athlete. Um, Oh, yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Penis.